Welcome to the podcast, Most People Don't But You Do. Stories and conversations about the benefits received and the fulfillment enjoyed by doing what most people don't. This is Bart Berkey, CEO and founder of Most People Don't. We're a motivational storytelling and training company where we provide enabling tools to empower you to do what most people don't. I have a delightful human being to speak with here. Let me share his name first, and then I will tell you uh, our listeners a little bit about how I met him and why I was so drawn to be able to learn more about him, to learn about the love of his life, to learn about the passion that you both have in influencing others. His name is Joshua Liddell, and we are just really, really excited to be able to chat with him. I know we're going to reference Dana. um, Gosh, I'm probably not going to pronounce this right. Winarski. Dana Winarski. We're going to reference Dana an awful lot as well, but um, Joshua will be doing most of the conversations. Uh, They have started a company called Sacred Secret, and we're going to get into that. But I really want to, first of all, welcome you, Joshua, to the podcast, and I can't wait to see what we discover together. Mahalo. I, I can't wait to see what we discover either. So Joshua and I met, and Dana and I met when my family was visiting Hawaii just last week. And at a farmer's market, and I will ask you to describe what appears on your table, but we were immediately drawn not to the items that you had there, but to you both as human beings, as individuals. You started, I was wearing a county volleyball shirt, and you started the conversation, oh, do you, do you play volleyball still? Do you coach? And that led us into a conversation about that. But then somehow it quickly transpired into how can we help one another and what are we here to do? So I wanna, I wanna just ask you first about the products that appeared on your table first. I wanna start there. And then I wanna get okay. into the background of you and why you're doing what you're doing. But so just imagine other people, and again, I'm gonna stop talking, I promise. But I saw something at the marketplace. Can you describe what you display at the marketplace? And this is the most surfacey thing we're going to get to. Uh, first of all, I think I really want to say why I choose the marketplace and why I choose farmers markets. It goes back to that grassroots thing that you were talking about and the hardisans. I mean, I really refer to us all as hardisans. We all bring our heartfelt thing to the table. And what, what's beautiful about that community is the behind the scenes thing, the early in the morning, helping each other set up each other's tents because my arm hurts or whatever we can do to be of service to each other, to help each other do it. I've never experienced that anywhere else. I've never experienced that in on any other marketplace I've been in. And, and so that's why I've always chose to have those people be my coworkers because they're the best. They're the best. They're the best. I love them. You know, no matter where I've been, I've been all over the mainland on many different states doing the same thing. There really is an even bigger feeling of aloha and ohana and family here on the island, which I just, I immediately loved and could only be a part of that community. You know, it was the one thing that called me the most. Now, grassroots again, what's on our table, what you saw was a, a culmination of like six years of slowly, slowly building what is presented at the table. Um, I learned how to do extractions in the cannabis industry. When I stopped doing that, I started extracting oil out of the other flower that I love in my life, which is the rose. And I started making rose water under the full moon infused with gems and minerals for myself. I was doing uh, just little rituals and cleansing my aura and cleansing my spirit at night. And it just made me feel so good. And the rose oil in and of itself is great for my skin. It's great for the hair but it was making my spirit just softer and happier and more joyous. And I started selling it because people started asking me what was going on with me, that there was a shift, there was a difference, what was happening? And I was just this rose water. Never did I ever think I'd become the rose water guy, but I kept praying for and asking for my niche, my thing. What is it that I'm here to do? And these are the kind of the breadcrumbs that had presented themselves that I just kept following. And I just kept following the breadcrumbs. I think that's something that most people don't do is continuously follow the breadcrumbs that are put in front of them wholeheartedly and unapologetically, you know? Um, So so as a result of that. 
Yeah. So rose water, right? Yeah. Be, being one of the first staples, and then also gems and, and the, necklaces and and yep. bracelets. Um, so did it all start with rose water? So I just wanted to 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 set the the imagination again. I have we took plenty of photographs that I'll be able to share when the podcast is released. But on your table, it is essentially rose water and then other gems and crystals. Is that how you describe it? Right, like chakra bracelets. Uh, we do have a lot of different gems and crystals on the table to hold the bracelets themselves to keep uh, the energy clean and, and it feeling good and emitting a lot of light and, and being attractive to the people on the outside because yeah. one of the biggest things that I pray for before I set up every morning as I set my energy and set my intentions is that whoever needs that light, who's ever looking for the light, whoever just needs to walk through that little threshold of light to shift their spirit, this is where you can find it. And then every, after everything's set up, that's the intention. And, and that's, that is the intention. And I'm going to reference a couple of different words as we continue, because I'm always looking for the theme of this message. And when I, after I immediately met you and Dana, I sent you a follow-up note saying that I gave you goosebumps of what stories I was sharing and you were beginning to make me cry. And, and Dana was crying based on the things that you were doing. Okay, so I want to, again, set the foundation. Started off with rose water and a very unique process. And, and it's balance, the Palo Santo spray. Yes. Because I really did the Palo Santo because I wanted something. The intention, again, at the beginning was I wanted something for the men to enjoy as well. There needed to be a balance of energies. The rose water is very soft and very feminine. And the, and the Palo Santo is very earthy and musky and masculine. So there was a balance of energies there that I didn't understand what was being created by spirit in the time. And then over the years, I've noticed how much the men were drawn to the rose and the women were drawn to the Apollo, but it just speaks balance to the masculine and feminine in us all. And then really the chakra bracelets and the lava stones that go with it literally just go hand in hand with carrying those good vibes with you all day long as energetic support. So now we're going to start at the beginning. Joshua, where did you grow up? I grew up in Buffalo, New York. Well, really Grand Island, but it's right in between Buffalo and Niagara Falls in Western <laughs> New York. In, um, uh, did you have most of your childhood in the Buffalo area? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I stayed there my whole life until I left to essentially join the Navy. Okay. I did not do a full career in the Navy. I was only in there a year, but I just got that other plans for me. And I became a beach bum in Myrtle Beach. And I was always servicing the community via bartending. <laughs> okay. So growing I, I up. Yeah, yeah, growing up, brothers and sisters, any siblings? Um, so no pure blood siblings. Okay, but in a very big family. Okay, okay. You know, I had three stepsisters, I had three half sisters, I had a half brother. So there was a very big Ohana, very big family. Okay, and what were some of your major influences at the time? So right now, I view you as extremely spiritual and um, observing gratitude. And I was trying to think of a good way of describing you. And it was going to be a cross between a professional beach volleyball player, because you have that physique and that look. Um, but then you also kind of look like a famous musician. But then you're also into, um, you know, gratitude and intentional intentions and diffusing rose water under a full moon. So I'm still trying to come up with, with words to describe you. But going back to the origination of growing up, did you begin to feel that you had a, a need for this balance, um, a calling? Like, what were you thinking when you were growing up in Buffalo? I want to do this when I grow up. Um, never. It never, it was always, um, honestly, to change the planet. There was always a, a, a charge inside of me to kind of rebalance the energy and take back the the planet and bring it back to the light bring it back to the good and just help inspire whoever i could it was a very overwhelming task that at a very very young age made me feel overwhelmed outgunned outmanned um i don't have any training i come from a small family with no money grassroots and it was just something inside of me begging me to do this. And it made me feel very overwhelmed for a very long time. And it was a calling that I denied for a very long time. Okay. So but when I got shown, 
yeah. how to make it happen. Yeah. The anxiety went away and I became infused with that fire that has always been inside of me that I never knew where to put it. Okay. And then so when I, I finally got told one person at a time. Yeah. Okay. So I want to get to the, uh, so even like in middle school, high school, you have this okay. overwhelming feeling to change the planet, to enhance the planet, to rebalance, to bring back the good, all of these wonderful intentions. So high school, then Navy, high school. Yeah. What was high school, then Navy. Okay. Even then, um, yeah, it was high school, Navy for a year. Um, that didn't work out because I had gotten in trouble when I was younger and I told them I didn't. Okay. And because yeah. I had signed a piece of paper, they had said, hey, it's time to go. Um, yeah. I lived with my grandmother for a year while she was battling cancer um, and really got to see what that looked like and help her and, and have a relationship with my dying grandmother that her children never quite got to have. Wow. It's incredible. One of my biggest regrets was never really um, learning her and knowing her husband, my grandfather, uh, man to man. Mm-hmm. You know, so being 19, it was really a great opportunity that I wasn't going to miss and take out on having this deeper relationship with my grandmother. Amazing. So I just want to go back, Joshua, to that overwhelming feeling. Do you think that something occurred in your life where you saw that there was imbalance, that yeah. there was, yeah, is everything, everything. Can, can everything. you share I, I, so I was raised in the church, in the Catholic church. Mm-hmm. I was very, my parents were very active in the church. Uh, they, they held fundraisers and were very active in servicing the community through the church. And I think that that was the biggest thing I got from my family. But in the church, you could, I could feel the hypocrisies. I could see where things were off. I could feel the judgments. And I knew that that was going against everything that the heart was telling me was right. Um, but in that, we learn best through contrast. So if it wasn't for those contrasting ideas that I was constantly being shown as a young child, I would have never had the ability to turn and do a 180, a a direct 180 to see what's exactly behind me if this isn't feeling right. And then through that contrast, I was able to find more truth, what felt more in line with my heart was asking. Yeah, and while your heart was asking for this goodness and for this balance, were you a bad kid growing up? I was a very rebellious kid. Yeah, not bad, but I was very rebellious because I would argue points that uh, teachers and leaders didn't own no answers to and and didn't want to be pressed by such a young person that was very passionate and adamant about what they were saying. Yeah. And I'm just trying to digest this a little bit. So not a bad kid but a rebellious kid because you would argue because without that rebellious nature how am i going to change the ways right right i was born with this rebellious nature i I, and for the longest time i was made to feel like i needed to change that that it was a bad thing and that to become part of society and needed to stop being so rebellious but this is how i was made and the only way to make change is through being the one of the rebellious ones as steve job wants to say you know Of of course were your parents supportive growing up while you were rebellious or were they the ones that were encouraging you to change joshua you need to change you need to fit in i feel like they were a little more overwhelmed and at their wit's end they didn't quite know how to handle this ball of energy that i was okay even i didn't know how to control the ball of energy that i was and i was in my own skin so how can anybody else right and i totally understand that you said that you were shown a different way what was the change point where you went from feeling overwhelmed, wanting to do good, not necessarily knowing how to do it, how to do it, arguing with folks, being rebellious. Uh, I met a teacher. I I, I was given a teacher at 28. 28 seems to be that age for men where we really like have that choice to make that shift. And at 28, I was given a teacher and she told me the words that took the weight of the world off my shoulders. And she let me know that, that we already won that the light already won, that the good already won, that had already been shifted and I didn't need to worry about it anymore in the, in the way that I was overwhelmingly worried about it. Um, and in that moment, uh, I, I felt a surrender, the weight of the world come off of me. And then I was more open to the possibilities of my niche and what I was here to do now, now that I wasn't so worried because worry keeps you in a vibration that you can't, you can't be open to what your heart is asking for you because you're in such low vibratory feelings. 
And when you say, Joshua, that you were given a teacher, what may I ask what type of teacher? Um, I mean, so her name was Sandy Knoll. Um, she teaches the manifestation and the law of attraction. Her, her, her niche is called, what do you really want? And um, she really just let me know that I could let go of what the heaviness that I was holding on to and showed me that the power was in me. And then through that empowerment, I was able to explore myself more. I was able to empower myself and ask myself what I was needing and allow myself to express itself as it saw fit without any apologies or explanations to anybody else for any other reason, because they didn't understand the thing that was inside of me, that it was driving me to be more. And how long was she a teacher or does she continue to be a teacher for you? Still continues to teach. Um, I took her classes and helped her facilitate workshops and classes for close to a decade. So it was really where I got my big, strong foundation. Um, she had gotten hers from like Dr. Helen Street in the early, late 70s, early 80s. And um, even Abraham with the law of, uh, Abraham Hicks with the law of attraction stuff. Um, but it just, it was very empowering and taught me where my true power came from. And then I was just blasted with a download from the universe in a meditation one day that gave me the vision of what I was to do. And ever since then, I started Sacred Secret. I needed a soapbox so I could stand on. Sacred Secret is essentially my little church. So the things that are in it are just there to keep my vibration at a high level. All that stuff, it's like my living room. It's like my little altar. It's like the little things that we've come across as we've come and traveled and little things that we love that keep our vibration high that we just want to share with others. Yeah. And I just want to add a couple of thoughts because as you had said, something along the lines is that at 28, you were given a teacher. So I, I, almost to the assumption of it, it was meant for you, that mm -hmm. the universe delivered Sandy to you. And the quote that I'm going to use is that we already won. So stop worrying. We already won. I need to share this with you. When I was visiting my son, he's doing school in the Czech Republic. And when I was there, I'm, I continuously seek things that are going to enrich my life. I come typically from an overwhelming sense of, of sadness a little bit. And I think it's, it's chemistry and everything else. Uh, that's why I really push for positivity. My wife, Terry, who you met, so positive. My kids are so positive. And I keep on searching, I think because my tendency would be to go toward negativity, but I don't want to. So my goal is to search toward positivity, find things that make people happy, find those good intentions, and then share. And as I am sharing, that keeps me elevated, almost like sacred secret with you. That is your soapbox. That is your venue. But the story I was going to share is that when I was visiting my son, there were so many thoughts going around my head of how people live differently in Europe. And they would wake up and they would walk and they would have coffee together and they would have pastries together. And they wouldn't be immediately rushing to wake up and go to work. It, it was a different type of balance. And I was trying to understand that. And even sometimes during the middle of the day, if my son didn't have class, we would go and explore. And I kept on bringing up all of these thoughts. And my son said to me, you don't need to understand it. You just need to enjoy it. I didn't need to look for meaning in what everyone else was doing, but I could just look and appreciate it and just enjoy it. And him saying that almost to the point of what Sandy had said to you, took an awful lot of pressure off of me. I don't need to figure it all out. I just need to be part of it. I just can experience it. So there's a lot of connectivity, I think, with, uh, with you and with me, with what we were trying to accomplish. I, I know that you showing up, uh, I was not surprised to meet you. I was not surprised to hear your message. You are somebody that I had been meditating about for quite some time. So I had been expecting you. Yes. And I felt like you were a couple weeks late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I wrote that in the but newsletter. But there's that today. expectation, you know. Yeah, there's yeah. that expectation. Every, everything lines up as it's supposed to line up when it's supposed to line up. Yes, yeah, a thousand. Nothing percent. can happen before it's time. Yeah. Okay. So after you met Sandy, 
um, you started doing some workshops and beginning to explore how you can share this message of positivity and inspiration. Correct. You started Sacred Secret was you and Dana about, is it six years ago? Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. About, about six years ago. And what I thought was really interesting, can you tell us the purpose of Sacred Secret, the purpose of your business? Now, I know you just explained part of it, but how would you explain the purpose? In its very beginning, the three main purposes were, I need to make money. I don't want to work for other people. And I want to be of service. Mm -hmm. All very admirable, good reasons to do your own thing. Um, but there was a very key component of vibration that I was missing. And I showed up for years, regardless of the weather, regardless of how much money I made, um, to do this because this was my chance. This was my soapbox. I didn't care if I made $5 profit. If I talked to one person and that they were different today than they were this morning, and they're excited for the rest of their life now then I was a success that day and I didn't care, but I needed to make money. And that feeling of needing to make money kept me at a very low vibration and at a very low income rate. I stayed at probably about 25,000 a year for the first four or five years. And it wasn't until I asked for a big shift in my company. I asked for more online orders. I asked for more markets. I asked for, um, this was just before COVID, but I was asking for more um, weekend um, big festivals because I used to travel with those and do those and meet more people and talk to more people. Um, and the very next morning, I had three huge online orders that showed me right away that my prayer was answered. I boxed them all up with ultimate excitement my vibration was as high as can be. I knew I was a master manifester and things were working at a God speed. I walked out to my car to go to the post office and my car, my vending business and everything inside of it was stolen. And with no credit cards, no, no backup family to like allow me to replenish my stuff. I had to start from scratch again. So what you experienced here was uh, what we referred to as a 2.0 version of sacred secret. And the biggest shift that happened as a result of that experience, uh, of course, it took my vibration down immediately. Oh, what the shit? How could I feel that my prayer was answered in one moment, but because something bad, bad like this happened, now it takes me way down. What I understood was that when you ask for a new kitchen, the old cabinets have to come out first. And if you come home while they're on lunch break and your kitchen's torn apart, you may ask yourself, what the hell just happened? This is not what I ordered, but you're in the middle of the process. You're not seeing the big picture yet. You're not keeping your eye on the prize. So when I realized that this was the process, this was what I was teaching, I had to really, truly, fully learn it before I could really, truly, fully explain it and share it. So I changed my vibration. And I understood that I still had a message, whether I had money in my pocket or a tent to stand under to do it or not. And I started just sharing whatever I could with whoever I could as often as I could. And then as a result, when 2.0 revamped itself in Hawaii, the number one thing that shifted was from, I need to make money. I don't want to work for other people. And I want to be of service. It shifted to, how many people can I make cry today? I don't care what you buy. I don't care if you stay long. I know I have a message for you. What is it? And, and can I make you feel your heart and empower you for the first time, maybe in your adult life ever? And maybe tomorrow will be a brighter day for you because of this interaction. And that became my main focus three days a week, day in and day out. I don't want to miss a day. I was offered to do like um, be an extra in a Disney show and set up my tent for the farmer's market there and be paid very handsomely to do it. But it was on a real market day. And I refused to pretend to be something when somebody really could have showed up at the real market and really needed a real message. So I'll choose that real message over the money and the pretend every time now. Those are the vibrations. The, that's the yeah. manifestation. I wanna make sure I'm using the right words because I'm just learning from you about you and about this. You were sending out vibrations that are different now. And as a result, 
how do you feel? I can't be touched. Yeah. I feel happy, real joy. Mm -hmm. I'm on my knees every morning with just ultimate gratitude in my heart for this life that I have now that, man, I face it in my teenage years. I didn't know if I'd see thirties. I mean, things were rough, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I'm as happy and as grateful as can be. And gratitude is an action word. So when I wake up in the morning and I feel grateful for what I have, I have to give it back. I have to show somebody. I have to show show the universe. And I'm grateful for all the co-creativeness that has happened and how much I watch my prayers answered every day. Yeah. Yeah. And what I think is also very special about you and Dana is that when we came to the booth to talk with you, we were curious. We wanted to learn more. And I got this immediate sense of content from you and from Dana, just the sense of peace, but at a very high energy level. And when we were talking, you- That's did, joy. That's joy. Yes. That that's is that joy. joy you and, know, and, and isn't that the goal kind of for everybody and especially for our listeners. And this will right. go out to, you know, well over 20. And I'll tell you what, yes. neither one of us have a million dollars. Correct. Correct. And yeah. uh, and years of teaching manifestation and laws of attraction, that's like the number one thing everybody wants. I yeah. could finally be happy and have joy if I had a million dollars. But it's like, mm, wouldn't 50, 50K would probably do it for you, wouldn't it? You could probably like take care of your needs and be content and happy with what you have in that moment. It doesn't exponentially increase your happiness. And I just read a study, I think yesterday, that the point is like $60,000 you, right. you, you know, that is the max level. If you make 70, you're not going to be happier, right? If you're at 40 and you need 60 to be able to have a second car for your kid, fine, right? But 60 to whatever else. And I'm not doing this for the money. I'm doing it because of the pure joy of the messages that I get back, right? The letters that I get from students. It's that's That's kind of what it's about. But I want you to, if you can, and I do have a videotape of it, I don't know what the right term is. It's not a performance, but we videotaped you doing something for my daughter, for my wife, and for me wow. with regard to the sprays. How would, right. you, how would you describe that process? And then I want to share how it made me feel. But it's not a performance. It's a transmutation. Trans We're shifting transmutation. Okay. We're shifting energies, right? We it's just a shift of energy. We're transmuting where you are to where you more on par with where you want to be. And I'll, I, I mean, Bart, I'll tell you the truth. I don't know how it works. Yeah. I, it just happened. And one day through like years of doing it, it clicked in me. Like the, the sales spiel clicked in me because I understood the truth of what was actually happening in front of me. And it took very, I took a bunch of swings at bat before I understood what I was seeing. And so all we do is we ask you to, bring forth your worries, your fears, your anxieties, those physical ailments, things that are keeping you feeling less than, connecting to the past, feeling low. Those are in our, our fear chakras, our, our shame and our guilt, right? We, we carry that stuff and that's what keeps us from creating. We're, we're constantly playing catch up. So we bring those forward just to set the intention and bring them into your surface vibration. And then the third eye, which is the thing that has been so detrimental to myself, which is why I use it in this moment to help others heal from it, but is the negative self-talk. The thing our ego tells us in our head that we believe is real. We believe it's real because it comes from our head. How can it be lying to us? And as a result, we believe it. And as a result of believing it, we feel less than, and we don't do what we should be doing, what the others that have made it have done. And that's overcome that negative self-talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, so I, it's I, about bringing that negative self-talk in for people. And I always share what mine are when they're stuck and they don't know what it is because mm -hmm. we, have, we share a collective consciousness. I know my negative self-talk is verbatim what others have as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, and when you did this, and I'm looking at my notes, transmutation, you did it for me and I got teary eyed because uh, starting a business 
you know, and I shared with you my background, 16 years with Ritz Carlton, leading part of a global sales team. And then COVID hit, most of my team was going to be losing their job. So this is what I knew I needed to do. Had my heart attack two years ago, changed my outlook on living in life and being in the present moment that I also wanted to be share, share this message of doing what most people don't. Right. Um, the negative thoughts are, uh, I'm away. We're trying to help my daughter relocate. You know this. How come customers that told me they wanted to hire me aren't responding right away? They owed me a response a week ago and I've sent them three follow-up phone calls, you know, giving them three follow-up phone calls and two follow-up emails. Why aren't they reaching out to me? Do they not like my message? Am I too salesy? Did they watch my TED Talk and not like my TED Talk? And so when you did this transmutation with me, that morning, that is exactly what I was thinking. I was not in a good place. Even though I was in the most beautiful place on the world, I was not in a good place physically or mentally. And when you did the sprays and you asked me to transmutate, I almost immediately felt better and I felt better for the rest of the day. That was and, gonna be my question was, did they come back at all? No, no, for the rest of the day, no. And then here's just a little reminder, okay? You know, <laughs> yes, that one, carrying that I, with I, you. I purchased one and you gave me one, but it is a reminder that I can release that negative energy. I can release that negative, those, those negative thoughts. When you did it for me, I felt a certain way. And then I looked at your, the love of your life, Dana, your childhood sweetheart, and she is bawling. She is bawling. And we asked her, why are you, my wife asked her, why are you crying? And she said something simply as, I'm just happy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. This is what we want to do. I'm happy. So thank you for that, Joshua. Amazing. Thank you. You did the Thank same you for the before. feedback. Yeah, you because did the same like thing. you know, you you want to hear. Yes. You, what you do did really changed me, and the and the and the the time that your family did get to spend with us, you got to see um, others come up that we have talked to in the past that just come up to be like, bro, thank you so much. We love you. Thank you. Share some hugs. Get a hug, and go out the rest of the day because they need to walk through that threshold of like just to get recharged, to feel like themselves again, and wholehearted. After, wholehearted. And when I also asked you again about the process, you said, you don't know what you're going to say. Oh, it's almost works. like this divine intervention of- That's what I pray for. That's what I ask for in the morning. Right, of, of messaging. And yeah. I'm not comparing what you do to what I do, but it's so interesting is that when I hit record, and even for this, I don't know what is going to come out. When I go on stage, it was very hard for me to do the TED Talk, and I hadn't shared this with you because it was supposed to be scripted, Joshua. It's supposed to be line by line by line. My name is Bart Berkey, do what most people don't. The notion started when I was a recruiter on the first evening. Like, I tried to do that, and then it just came from the heart, right? And I'm looking at the, the young lady who had helped script it out for me, and she's just like, what are you doing? And then I would kind of bring it back, but anyway, I'm just so impressed and excited that it comes from within. How would Bart, you we, That's why we do the same thing. Yeah. Yes. We do the same thing. Yeah. So to say that it's not the same, it's the same. We just do it in a, a, maybe a different way. Yeah. You know, yeah. but we're doing the same thing. Yeah. We just, well, we just let that thing that's inside of us come out. That's it. Some and would call it a channel. You know, I've taken workshops to work on my channel to see professional people that really can open up and they do it in different ways than each other. Mm -hmm. But the message that I find is always extremely truthful. Yeah. Extremely powerful and extremely heartfelt. Mm -hmm. That's what I look for in messages. I want to feel it. If yeah. I don't feel it, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to tell you. That's going to be the quote. That'll be the name of this it's podcast. A, that's I'm a good t-shirt too. You know, I'm not really I'm feeling, feeling it. it. I'm not feeling it. Yeah. Uh, one other thing that I shared with you when we met, is that I presented to a group of people in Cancun. They were travel industry advisors. And one thing that I share with them is, and this was, um, this was August, that in order to, be, to move forward, you need to be fabulous. So I say flexible, right? Just like my, my t-shirt, right? Be bamboo, the story from the, the, the TED Talk. 
Uh, you need to be flexible. You need to be adaptable, but you also need to breathe. And when I shared this in this one particular situation with about 80 attendees, three or four people in the front row just started bawling because I was encouraging them just to let it out. Just let it out. Just they breathe. Hold so tight. Yeah. And the tears would just flow. So for our listeners, people are always learning that maybe don't have the pleasure of meeting you and you and I are going to work on some things with Dana on how we can do some things together to help spread the word. But what would you suggest for our listeners that are trying to learn that are right now in the, when you're talking about the collective consciousness, and I'll go to LinkedIn, I'll go to Facebook, LinkedIn primarily, because that's where majority of, our, of my customers are located. I can sense what they are feeling. Yes, while some people are getting promoted, other people are canceling meetings, other people are rescheduling meetings, other people are doing virtual meetings, other people are worried about their jobs. Is there anything that they can do when they're listening right now to help them feel a little bit better? The message is always the same. And I've really noticed this message come through to more people than not over the last year, especially since COVID, especially since um, all the fear of the collective consciousness is being exposed. Um, sexual fear, money fear, fear of safety and, and protection and health and our family, all this fear is being exposed. It's all for purpose. But the message truly is the same. Sit down, shut the fuck up and take some deep breaths. And I wish I could word it different. Yeah, but that is the way it comes out every, every single time. time because it's the only way somebody will hear it. There is mm -hmm. something about saying it that way that cuts right through their wall and gives them permission to sit down, yeah. shut the fuck up and be quiet yeah. and take those deep breaths. And when I say be quiet, it is about being quiet in the mind. It's about putting all the electronics away and calming the chatter of the worries of what I need to do, what I should have done, what I'm not doing. I create my world and the magic around me in the mornings with Dana very intentionally. We don't start our day without connecting to our own personal hearts and then connecting to each other, connecting to the universe. And when we're ready to start really working on our manifestations, we sit down together. I tell her two things that are not in my experience that I want to experience. And she tells me two things that are in her experience that are that she would want in her experience that she is not experiencing. We do a, a couple breathing exercises and we raise our vibration and we raise our energy and our kundalini light up in through our heart into our third eye so that we can use the projector that is our mind into the world. And then we spend 50 minutes sitting next to each other, breathing and seeing the life that we would like to live with each other for ourselves individually and together, together. And one of the greatest teachers on the planet said, if two of you agree, then so it is. And one thing I've seen beyond a shadow of a doubt is that no matter what obstacles looked like they were in front of me, whenever I stepped up and took care of all my little hanging pieces and energetically dug my ditches and showed the universe that I meant what I felt and saw that this is what I really want and I'm going to meet it halfway, um, all obstacles disappear. All obstacles disappear. That beautiful blue tent that you stand underneath, that I, that I stand underneath, is a big faux pas at those markets. Everybody has a white tent. You're not allowed to have a different color tent. And one of the first days we were told is that what we did was not enough for that market and that we needed to be doing more or we wouldn't make it. But here we are a year later, and we have the utmost respect from um, our, our, our coworkers yeah, from the and Ohio. everybody. And the blue tent specifically was a vision that we held because mm -hmm. of the soft, truthful light that is that blue energy. Mm -hmm. And as a result, we held that vision of us standing under a tent of that blue light, and all of our obstacles were disappeared. All things that we were told weren't were going to keep us from reaching our goal disappeared as we just were skyrocketed right to it. Incredible. Can you share, Joshua, one of the things that you might share as something that you want to experience? And the reason why I'm asking this 
is that yeah. when I present to groups, there's there's a topic, a presentational topic called moving your should do's to done. Yeah. And my methodology is that there are things that we need to do. There's things that we want to do. There's things that we're expected to do. But there are things that we in our own mind know we should do. No one is telling yeah. us about the should do's. And it's up to us. And I believe that the people that can get their should do's in their mind, I should do this, move to a different space. They elevate and they work on a different level. They live on a different level because most people don't do what their should do's are. Can you share just an example of what, what an experience might be that you would manifest? Manifest, manifest yeah. Manifest. So just prior to the new year, um, uh, we had, I specifically with Dana and, and a lot of my, the people that come visit us at the things, um, if I give somebody a bracelet because it's like, they need the energetic help and they need that love and they need to know they're seen. And I give them something because I'm drawn to on the inside and they'll be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Thank you so much. Are you sure I can't pay you? I don't take money from them, but what I do take from them is their energy. I ask them, will you just do me a favor? And before you go to bed tonight, spend five minutes seeing me on a bigger stage, talking to more people, doing what I need and love to do for more. Okay. So that was the one thing that um, I had asked, been asking Dana to put in our vision for me. And the second thing is, is I have a son that's not in my life right now that I'm wholeheartedly dying for waiting for all this is divine intervention all this is, is supposed to be as is but i can feel that it's time and i'm needing and wanting that so i spend more time in my meditations seeing he and i have the father-son relationship that i had always prayed that i am ready to be and give to him now so those are the two things that i ask her to put out as we're doing our meditations and my very first day back to market in the new year, I meet you and your family. And then here's my bigger crowd. Here's a bigger audience. Here's more people hearing this message. So this is already, I can now put a different check next to this thing. And I can put something different in um, the vision now because these breadcrumbs are coming and I can feel them. And I'm, and I'm on that path now. Let me create something down the road now, something bigger down the road. And, and so it's about constantly having a carrot dangling. Yeah. And you're following, you're following those breadcrumbs. You right? have to, it's and a co-creation. Might... How can I deny what I've been asking for? Yeah. And that's something that most of us do yeah. is that we deny the gift when it's brought to us, even though we know we've asked for it. And why do you think that is? Lack of self-worth. Okay. Lack of self-worth. Or we didn't put it out wholeheartedly. We put it out in a moment of fear. Oh, I really need this to happen because of this. And then as a result, it comes back to us with the same vibration that we put it out at. We put it out from a fearful place. So when it comes, it may not have that heartfelt shine on it that it would have if you would have just sat down, shut the fuck up, take some deep breaths, raise your vibration, put that feeling of grace in you before you put out that big vision. Because the thoughts are electronic. The heart is magnetic. Yeah. The I thoughts you, put it out. The heart brings it back. Oh, I, I need to type that in. Thoughts. I thoughts wish I could take credit out. for that. That is Dr. Joe Dispenza saying. No, that's but the okay. thoughts put it out and the heart brings it back oh. <laughs> because the heart is a magnet. And together, the combination of the thoughts and the feelings behind the thought create the electromagnetic field that is our aura. That is yeah. the thing. That's our self-worth. Yeah. That's the true currency of the planet. There, and there's so many different ways to be able to apply what you just said, Joshua. And I'll give you one quick little example and for our listeners as well. When I retired from my past job, I got a little bit of a severance, not enough to retire on, but I got an, a little bit of a runway. And during that time, I felt great. I did 82 virtual presentations, um, many of them unpaid, but 82 in the first year. Uh, terrific. And I felt there were no worries. When my severance was beginning to run out, just our natural bills, yep. um, I then got worried. 
and I started sending out different type of vibrations. And I probably wasn't presenting as well. And I wasn't presenting as authentic. And I probably wasn't describing what I do as well. And then we decided that this is what I'm going to do. And I'll share this with you <laughs> and whoever else is listening. I applied, <laughs> I applied for a job because I thought that's what I needed to do. I applied for a job. I need to take care of my family. My runway is just about out. I applied for a job. I applied on the computer. I went upstairs and I cried. <laughs> right? I applied and then I cried. Because, <laughs> because I couldn't do it. And I talked with, to Terry, right, my wife, and um, I sold some stock, right? The benefit of working for a great company for a long time, I had some stock. I sold some stock and I got a longer runway. And I talked to friends and they said, why would you ever give up? Why would you ever stop? You have to keep on doing it. I'll help you with your runway. And then the people that we don't know we're waiting for somehow- Are right there waiting for you. Appear. I yeah. share that because I'm hoping that our listeners are able to apply what you just shared. That's how I would be able to apply the lesson of what you just shared. So even if we are worried, if we're concerned with things, at the ultimate perspective, if we are here, if we have our existence, we have a lot going on for us and we have the ability of getting better. The, yeah. the statement that I shared again on the TED Talk, it's easy to be, but it's better to become. I saw a, a, a gentleman yesterday at market who had a tattoo that really spoke to me. It was a very, very simple tattoo. And it was like an old school pirate map. And it said the pursuit of happiness. And that was the name of the map. And there was no recognizable um, continent on this map. It was just a pretend map, but it was the pursuit of happiness world. Yeah. And it said it was a, a direction, not a destination. And that's, that's that fortune cookie stuff that we all think is fortune cookie, but it's, there's real, real wisdom and sage advice in all of that stuff. Um, it is about just, just enjoy what's around you. You know, you talk about being where your feet are at. I walk barefoot. I don't like wearing shoes. When I changed and took my shoes off and started walking everywhere barefoot, I became more present in every single moment. I knew where I was stepping because that's where I mean to step. Yeah. And sometimes the ground feels like soft moss and it's delicious and it feels so comforting and so awesome. And sometimes it's hot as hell, sharp black tar rock and it hurts, but it's not going to stop me from continuing my journey. I'm going to continue because, and then the other thing I really learned about being barefoot I cannot continue the journey and stop and smell the roses at the same time. If I want to stop and smell the roses, I need to stop what I'm doing and take everything in around me. I need to enjoy this moment and where, where my feet are at in this moment. Because if I try to do that while continuing to walk, I always hurt myself. You're going to stumble. and isn't that Those are the only... Yeah. literally i mean this isn't metaphor cookie yeah. fortune yeah. cookie stuff anymore yeah. that's literal if i'm trying to take in the mountains while walking i hurt myself right. right so i need to do one or the other forward progress or am i stopping to smell the roses but we need to do both both are essential to balance we can't continue to push forward and the gas forward all the time without stopping to rest and enjoy where we are Incredible messages, Joshua, and I want to be respectful of your time. This could go on for hours and hours, but what I want to do is at least offer a, a quick summary of what you are doing to help people is by sharing what you have learned that has helped you to create peace and balance and happiness and love and being content. It's the best way to word it. And, and through your stories, through your messaging, through your sense, through your inspiration, through your transmutation, through the intervention, whatever comes into you, because I've seen it multiple times. I just saw it on this video and I saw it when you did it with me and I saw it when you did it with my wife and my daughter, that something does come within you to share this message of what people do need to hear. And the message often is different. 
So I cannot thank you enough for being such a remarkable human being. Um, I, I want to share just a few other things. I know you and I, because we felt like we have been um, inserted into each other's lives for a reason. Um, for our listeners, there will be opportunity in which Joshua and myself and Dana are going to be able to somehow collectively partner to be able to share this joint message together. We're not sure what it looks like, but guess what? We're going to manifest it and we are going to share ideas. And I know we are going to be successful at being able to help inspire people, give them goosebumps, make them cry, but more importantly, make them mm -hmm. feel better, make them have the balance. So we're looking forward to that. So thank you in advance for that. And then Joshua, if individuals would like to learn more about the products and um, again, it's not about making money, but it is about helping people. Um, the website, as you would suggest, sacredsecret.co. Is that the best place? Correct. Yep, okay. www.sacredsecret.co. Okay, awesome. Um, and again, I just think it's, it's tremendous. Any final thoughts? Again, I know once we hit pause, we're going to continue talking, but any final thoughts to share? You gave a lot of amazing takeaways about what people could do. What is coming to you right now for a final thought for our listeners that they have the power that they don't they don't need anything they don't they don't need their job they don't they don't need the things that they think that they need they really do need to just be a little more compassionate be more forgiving for themselves and the things that they've done or they haven't done they couldn't be anything more than what they are they were only brought here to be themselves they can't be anybody else and the pursuit of trying to be something different than what they are is, the, is what's causing all the self-suffering. So just be who you are, love who you are, love where you're at, love who is around you, no matter who they are, and watch the magic unfold. Outstanding, outstanding. Again, Joshua Liddell, cannot thank you enough. I know we referenced Dana multiple times. Um, we're probably gonna have to have another podcast where we can get Dana to uh, appear and share some of her story with us too. So cannot this thank you enough. Um, uh, mahalo, I know we'll be in touch soon and namaste. Namaste, my friend.